Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a wonderful week so far. I'm really excited for this segment today. Again, I'm your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I will be interviewing Jen Smith. Jen is from all the way in another country, Scotland, and she has multiple autoimmune diseases, seven to be exact. She has Addison's disease, Graves' disease, multiple sclerosis, lupus, juvenile arthritis, oral lynch planus, and vitiligo. Having multiple autoimmune diseases is called multiple autoimmune syndrome, MAS. Today she is going to share her raw and candid story about her journey with MAS and how she manages all her symptoms. Also, she will give us some tips, if she has any, on what may help you all out there to live life more easily if you are battling the same diseases. Let's get started. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Hi, Erica. Thanks so much for having me. I'm chuffed to be here. It's so nice to speak to someone in Tennessee. It's lovely. (laughs) All the way from Scotland. (laughs) Jen, can you again tell our listeners the name of your diseases and share your story with us regarding when the diseases showed up in your life? Of course, yeah. So I do. I have seven autoimmune diseases, which is very bizarre <laughs> um, and fortunately very rare. It's not it's not common at all. Um, so the first one that I had that developed was juvenile arthritis. And that sort of showed up when I was, uh, well, I was diagnosed with it when I was 13, but it showed up when I was 11. Um, and so it sounds really silly, but I actually remember where I was <laughs> when I first had uh, my first experience. I was watching the X-Files, believe it or not. <laughs> so I do remember it very well because I remember saying to my mum that my uh, I pointed to what I now know as my hip and I said, this is sore. <laughs> uh-huh. So I do remember that very well. Um, but yeah, I, so that was my, my very first my first introduction to autoimmune disease and then I got my second one when I was 14, um, Graves' disease. Mm. So it's really quite strange because Graves' disease is extremely uncommon. Mm. Um, In fact, it's extremely rare in children. And um, I remember that my uh, endocrinologist at the time had explained to my parents that I think it I think the statistic that he'd given my parents was that it was about 100 children in the UK um, would get under the age of 16 would, would actually be diagnosed with Graves' disease. So it was considered really, really bizarre mm-hmm. that a child would develop it. Um, so yeah, that was my, my second one. But I was in my um, sort of late teens, early 20s when I started to develop SLE, so lupus. Mm-hmm. Um, systemic lupus and I remember that really sort of started when I was I was studying at the time I was at university at the time and and I was sort of falling down ill I would get these kind of flare-ups mm-hmm. as it were and um, but it, it wasn't really diagnosed until I came home from university until I'd actually graduated but mm-hmm. by the time I'd graduated I was really feeling ill um, and that's when I went and got sort of investigated um, and that was, you know, when we sort of found out what was going on with that one. Um, yeah. Fortunately, I had a few years of stability. Yeah. And then it, it, um, what happened from there was my early 30s, 
um, I was working and I was, uh, well, I was working as a researcher and um, my what had manifested, I'd, what we now know was my first manifestation of that, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, of multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with a condition called occipital neuralgia, mm -hmm. which is not a, an autoimmune disease. It was my first presentation of what we now know was actually a relapse of multiple sclerosis. Oh, wow. So that was, um, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at 30, age 30. And only a few months later, I was diagnosed with Addison's disease. And the reason why, and I think I mentioned to you earlier, mm -hmm. why I love my rheumatologist so much, <laughs> is it was my absolutely amazing rheumatologist who figured out what was going on with my Addison's disease. Mm -hmm. So I had, came to him and was saying to him, I feel terrible. I, I don't know what's wrong. I've got, you know, terrible stomach pain. Um, I just feel absolutely awful. My heart rate's going crazy. My blood pressure's all over the place. And I just feel really, really ill. And I was, I was vomiting as well. I was really, really poorly, mm -hmm. um, just sporadically, but I, I was really ill and he, said to me, look, this is not lupus. I can tell you the now, this is not lupus. And I think he probably deep down must have thought, is she, ha is she mad? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But um, thankfully, he also remembered that I had Graves disease as a child. Mm -hmm. And that gave him a bit of a step for a clue. And so instead of dismissing me, he brought me in the very next day for what was known as a short synactin test. Mm -hmm. And that basically diagnosed me with Addison's disease straight mm. away. That's the sort of uh, sort of gold standard test. It's, you know, it's, an, it's called an ACTH. It might be known in America as an ACTH test. Mm -hmm. And that's what diagnoses Addison's disease. So he basically saved my life because Addison's will kill you if that's not diagnosed. So he was just the best. <laughs> I love him so much. So he's my favorite. Um, and my oral lichenplanus, that was actually diagnosed uh, during lockdown. I, uh, yeah, it was very bizarre. Wow. Um, I was starting to react to everything in my mouth, just, uh, sort of very bad sort of ulcerations and things. Mm -hmm. um, so that was diagnosed uh, during, during uh, lockdown. And I'll go on to explain a little bit more about that, because that actually is surprisingly one of my more challenging ones. <laughs> Um, and the vitiligo, to be fair, mm -hmm. I'm really lucky with that. That was actually just, I was seeing a dermatologist in relation to my lupus that affects my skin. Uh -huh. And he just happened to notice it um, mm. and had said, and the reason that he wanted to note it down as an autoimmune disease is it's very closely linked to Addison's disease and Graves' disease. Because mm -hmm. um, I've got something, when you have Graves' and Addison's disease, together it's called autoimmune polyglandular syndrome type 2 oh wow okay. so that's that's basically another sort of almost manifestation of mass in a way as well so he wanted that noted down um because it corro you know not corroborates i don't think that's the right word but mm -hmm. you know it it coincides essentially with my other diseases so yeah, that was basically, and you know, I'm hoping to develop no more. <laughs>
<laughs> making stick at seven. But yeah, that's that's where that's where all of uh, you know those developed from. So yeah. <laughs> when you say that Addison's disease was um, diagnosed during lockdown, do you mean like lockdown the COVID lockdown? Oh no, sorry, Madison's wasn't. It was my oral lichenplanus that was diagnosed during lockdown. Oh, okay. No, the Addison's was diagnosed only a few months after my MS. Gotcha. I was age thirty. It was a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Twenty twenty eighteen. That was diagnosed. Okay, and um, do you think, since you have multiple autoimmune diseases, one woke up another autoimmune disease and so forth, like a like a vicious cycle almost? You know, I think that's a brilliant question. I, I really, I, I, you know, and I've, I've thought a lot about that question because mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, we don't really know what, I, and I've asked so many of my consultants because mm -hmm. obviously I, you you end up when you're, um, when you have different diagnoses, different um, sort of autoimmune diseases, mm -hmm. you end up with a, whole host of clinicians um, from right. different areas, neurology, uh, you know, rheumatology, endocrinology, you end up with a whole host of, of a team. Um, and I, I've asked them all, you know, what is it that's made me be like this? Develop all of, you know, develop yeah, so develop many. Develop yeah, develop so many. Right. And, you know, they, they've said to me, well, you know, genetics is a big thing. Hmm. Um, it's quite familial. So you see my... My mum, my whole family, actually, to be mm -hmm. fair, on my mum's side, have autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Really quite a strong link. So we've got rheumatoid arthritis, we've got MS, we've got my mum has ulcerative colitis herself. But strangely, my brother, who is my only sibling, mm -hmm. he also has multiple sclerosis. So the two of us both have it. Yeah. And you know we he's actually being investigated at the moment for addison's disease so yeah and he's got thyroid antibodies he hasn't as yet got thyroid disease but he does have antibodies to it it's... so there is this strong genetic yeah familial link sorry no i was just gonna say it sounds like that genetics do you know it does play a mm -hmm. role in autoimmune disease um in developing autoimmune diseases because um... my mom had uh autoimmune disease as well um so yeah I, I i truly believe that genetics has some yeah. something to do with it oh definitely and i think you know they also said as well that you know so you've got like the genetic aspect and you've got like the immunological and you know environments as well mm -hmm. you know i think i think environments got something to do with it somehow yeah. i mean they said i remember when um I was diagnosed with MS after my brother was, mm -hmm. um, and I remember my mum was with me at the time, mm -hmm. and, and it was the saddest thing. When the uh, neurologist had diagnosed me, uh, she said, so that's both my children, and it was pretty sad. I felt really, I felt really bad for her, but yeah. when the neurologist, what he said was, he said, it's not as uncommon as you think. He said, especially not in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, why? And she said, he said, well, he says, we don't know. He says, but there does seem to be some sort of environmental, you know, thing. He says, the further away from the equator you are, 
it seems to be, you know, the thing. So I think it does impact certain, certainly certain autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was quite interesting, but I agree, very much a genetic thing, I think, as well. Yeah. It does seem to be, you know, very strong uh, in that respect. And I think, I think as well, um, my, from sort of learning myself, Mm -hmm. thyroidism, having developed grades when I was young, Mm-hmm. I think, although that was my second autoimmune disease, I sort of feel like that's probably the thing that caused, they say that thyroid um, autoimmunity is like a tree branch. Mm-hmm. So other sort of autoimmune diseases kind of spread off from it. Right. And so I kind of think that that's maybe what happened. I don't know, maybe because I was as young. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I've met other people who had um graves when they were as young as I was, they have developed sort of additional immune diseases as they've been older. So I think it's possible that that might have something to do with it. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? Well, now that you have, you know, your, your diagnosis um, on each disease, how do you manage your symptoms? Oh, gosh, that is a, a, a good... It's a work in progress. <laughs> I'm I sure. Say, it's a little work in progress, yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, I really had to, because I know it sounds silly when you've had sort of conditions most of your life, you know, you would think that I would have known how to pace myself a little bit better, but mm-hmm. um, up until really quite up until sort of Addison's and MS came about, Mm -hmm. even with lupus, even with my arthritis and the graves, I was really quite an active person. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I I had a good career. I was, you know, always sort of busy, always kind of doing stuff. And um, I really had to slow down. I think that was the most important thing. Um, And, you know, that took a lot of learning on my part it really did oh I understand um, even when I didn't want to learn it you know right when I was trying to be stubborn oh I, I, I'm um, same something way that my husband says I'm yeah <laughs> my husband tells me I'm very stubborn <laughs> so yeah but I think um you know in terms of like managing the symptoms I tried all the medication stuff. So, you know, you try all the medication that they throw at you. So, I mean, you take your... Med- well, I, sh- I should sort of maybe caveat that. You take the medication that you have to take. Of yes. course you do. You know, if I don't take my Addison's medication, you know, you'll die. So you right. take that kind of medication. Right. But I mean, in terms of sort of pain relief medication, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going through a phase when... I think it was about, it was when I was about 30 and I was dealing with, as I said, I, I developed occipital neuralgia due to my MS uh-huh. and um, I ended up with a distended bladder as well, which I was in hospital for for quite a, a period of time because of a relapse, um, spinal sort of relapse from my MS. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was in a lot of pain and, and it was, you know, it was horrible. Um, and they trial your medications to see if it will ease the pain. And to be honest, I felt really numb, mm-hmm. you know. And I sort of lost a bit of myself. Um, just didn't really feel like me anymore. Right. Um, so I think one of the things that I'm most proud of, if there's anything you can be 
sort of proud of is that I kind of had to slowly but surely kind of refine myself and try all different things. Mm-hmm. So I sort of learned that, you know, those for the pain in my head that's occipital neuralgia pain, I started using sort of like biofreeze and things on my neck, mm-hmm. ice caps in the freezer, um, you know, tens machines, heat pads, hot water bottles, you know, you do all these things. Right. And they'll never take the pain away, but they minimize it a little bit that you can help to manage it. Um, and I think so for me it was it was about just developing different strategies and, and slowing down and, and learning to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds silly, but learning to say no was a big. It was a big one. It was hard, you it, know. It, yeah, it I can be to, hard. It is. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, I think, you know, if we do, we 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 get so used to saying yes to everything. We don't want to disappoint anyone. Right. Um, and and you, it is hard to to think of yourself and put yourself first, and um. So I think that that was a, a huge sort of learning curve for me, mm-hmm. but it, it had such a, a positive impact, you know, it did. And it had a positive impact, surprisingly, on my relationships with my, you know, my family and my friends, mm-hmm. because they actually could see that it was benefiting me too. So Right, yeah. right. And I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's one of the hardest things for me that I had to learn, that I had to learn that I have to say no sometimes. You can't, you know, you can't always just go, 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 go. You know, sometimes you have to, you have to say no. I mean, because your body needs that, that time to just do nothing sometimes, you know, and to rest. So definitely, I completely understand. And you hit on you hit on some of uh, the next question actually that I was going to ask you. I was going to ask, um, has it been hard for you to adjust to the medications for all the diseases? Yeah, do you know that's a that's a really good one. Um, what I find, um, you know, there's there's sort of two parts to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really kind of comes into, and I think this is one of the difficulties about having mass and multiple autoimmune syndrome mm-hmm. that I find. So the the problem with having lupus was it impacted negatively on my ability to take DMTs for my multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. So any time that they, my uh, neurologist tried to put me on DMTs, mm-hmm. Um, for the multiple sclerosis, it it flared up my lupus really bad, really, wow. really bad. And so it got to a point where my neurologist and my rheumatologist are talking to each other and they're saying, look, you know, we can't, we can't have her on one and then, you know, affect the other and vice right. versa. Um, so it it was a really difficult conversation for them mm-hmm. to sort of, you know, and, and for them to have with me of, right, well, one's going to have to, basically, you're going to have to choose, right. you know, you're going to have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have to kind of come to the decision of, right, okay, well, I'm going to have to leave out the treatment for my MS. Um, which means that, you know, all my, my scans mean there's new lesions and I know that there's deterioration, but that's, 
to the benefit of my lupus. And so even though, you know, they can have you on immunosuppressant treatment for right. your lupus and hope that it will benefit your MS, it, it certainly in my case, it hasn't had that sort of benefit. Um, and, and so there was, there was, you know, there's a lot of um, to and fro and, and problems that having multiple autoimmune diseases can, you know, it can throw up. Right. Um, and that's not only something that I find. And it's, it's quite isolating because when, you know, you're part of, say, like an MS group, mm-hmm. it's not really something that you can talk to other people about because most of them have never experienced you know, most of your fellow sort of MSers don't know what it's like to have lupus, and right. or or if they do, it's just you know they maybe they they understand what it's like to experience side effects from yeah. treatment, but to maybe not experience um, treatment from another disease and and to have that flare up because of treatment, it's it's a very strange one. So it was just something that I I experienced and felt quite like you know I, I don't know how to how to maybe. Um, explain this and and so yeah that was that was quite hard and I think the other one that for me that was that was difficult was the my Addison's disease um mm-hmm. you sort of have to be quite regimented yes. so um, and I am the most unregimented person <laughs> on the planet so, yeah my 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 dad was uh was in the military and yeah I have not inherited any of that (laughs) so um it was really quite hard to begin with to like you know take my medication at the exact times that I have to but my my husband thankfully is the best person in the world and even if he's not with me he will phone me and make sure that I've taken my medication so yeah that's an adjustment (laughs) I totally I totally get both of those adjustments because you know you have these medicines that are, that are given to you, and you know I have medicines that you know they they're great for one thing, but they mess up another thing, and and that's that's hard to accept because it's like, you know, why can't the medicines just fix what they're supposed to fix, but not affect something else? Yeah. So you know it's that that is hard. And then another thing you said is your regimen. You know it's it that that's been hard for me because. I have to take medicines at the exact same time every day and I'm 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 getting there but it's not easy like you know and like you said you have your husband to to be there to kind of help you with that and and luckily I have my husband to do the same but it's hard getting on a on a strict regimen with medications. Yeah. Oh it is. It really is and and you know how important it is. It's not that you don't know how important it is. Right. But it's just- I mean you get the alarms going off on your phone but if you just you know you're watching something or you're doing something else yes. you know, it's very easily done yes absolutely <laughs> um what challenges have you faced physically and mentally since you were uh diagnosed uh with your autoimmune diseases yeah um no I would say probably the impact it had on my career, mm-hmm. um, that was huge. It really kind of caused a, a real sort of, kind of biographical disruption to me and sort of made me kind of lose a, a fair bit of myself and impacted my mental health really badly. Right. Um, so I always 
even when I was younger and knew that I had certain challenges and, and things, mm-hmm. I, I never thought that my health would stop me from doing what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and to find that it did and, and that it, it was, was really hard. Um, and I think that when I found that I could no longer keep going, that it was becoming impossible. Yeah. Um, accepting that was extremely tough. Yeah. Um, and just really upsetting. And I, I, yeah, I think that was the hardest thing I've ever had to face. Um, um yeah. you know, yeah, definitely. Um, that and maybe the decline in my mobility as well, having to, and to use a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not run anyone over with it as well. <laughs> it's really not easy either. <laughs> Yeah, I've not been sued yet, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, I definitely yeah. can relate to, you know, those those challenges, and you know, it is yeah. hard. It is hard because you, when you're young, um, when you're a child, you know, growing up, you don't think that you're going to be um, hit with um, illness. You know, you 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 don't think that that's how you're how your future is going to, what, what your future, what, what's that, you don't think that's going to be in your future. And when you're hit with um, illness at a young age and, um, you know, you have to stop your career, it, 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 it can be very, um, you know, it's, 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 it makes you, it, it can make you feel defeated. And so I definitely understand how you feel. Yeah, no, it, you, you're really, so correct it's, it's so right it is and i think defeated's a really good word because that's that's how you feel isn't it it's you know you feel like you've not only let everyone else down but you feel like you really let yourself down and yeah that's such a struggle to sort of come to terms with kind of mentally and um and that was definitely the hardest for me and i think my husband and I, we met, <laughs> well, here you go, you're getting a history in every respect, but <laughs> my husband and I, we, we met at um, university. So we were really young when we met and, um, <laughs> and you know, we both knew what we wanted to do and things. And, and as much as I'm beyond proud of him and I'm, you know, extremely glad that he, he got, when you see, you know, a, another person at, do, mm-hmm everything that you wanted to do um it's it's hard because you know i i see the life that i really wanted yeah and and i'm glad that he has it i'm proud that he has it right but it is hard because you do want it for yourself absolutely Um, you know and and you know you'll you'll understand completely it is tough you know and you do want it and to say that you don't is, right. you know, it's not true, is it? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, what are some of the most significant changes that you had to make in your daily routine in order to adapt to having, um, you know, your diseases? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty good one. I would say it was quite incremental for me. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really feel like it, it sort of all came at once mm-hmm. um, in that respect, but I would definitely say that um, one of the the biggest things that stands out for me is having to stay close um, to a family member, mm-hmm. um, 
and then to really sort of always be in the presence of of someone um to stay safe more than anything right um so you know i uh because of my health and you know just how fragile it can be at times you, mm-hmm. you'll understand yourself it's mm-hmm. you know to be able to maintain that sort of safety aspect you you just don't have the ability to just go off and do whatever you want you know like right. the way you used to right, right. You, know, the way you wanted to do what you you know wanted to do um and so having to stay close to home and, and stay you know within your sort of inner circle mm-hmm. that was a real sort of change um you know to, to just being me to right. just being able to go and do what I wanted to do but I think as well as that it's was definitely having to learn to use or becoming adjusted to the fact that I had to use a, an electric wheelchair as well that was that was huge you know um, right you know when when I was when I was really young um you remember my, my arthritis was really bad as I said it, it did stable out quite a, a fair bit mm-hmm. as I got an old as I became an older teen but when I was a very young uh sort of teen it was it was pretty bad at that point and I remember um you know my mum I would be going to physiotherapy and you know occasionally if you know the walk through the hospital is quite large so you know, my mum would put me in a wheelchair and things like that and I remember thinking at the time as a kid going I am never going to be in this again you know <laughs> you have these thoughts so you know when you become an adult and you find that well circumstance being what it is that is you know sort of the way it is and mm-hmm. you have to just I suppose remind yourself that well it's either that or you don't get to go out it's that or you don't get to you know enjoy right. your life you know right. and um and be grateful that you have got you know access to these kind of things because right. you know I do know that there's other people that don't have access to these things and so I am grateful and I'm lucky but um it is it's, it is an adjustment right. you know as you'll you'll understand you know yeah. trying to adaptations that you have to make and even bath rails yeah. you know yourself yeah. you know you know it's, it's sort of changing who you think of yourself as a young person isn't it you know um person that that uses bath aids <laughs> I'm that cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It, it is a lot, uh, you know. Um, and how has uh, has your family adjusted? Do you have a great support system? You know, I I am very you know by the grace of God, I'm so lucky when it comes to my family. Um, my my mum when I, I was my mum's a nurse, and mm-hmm. so when when I was young <laughs> that was you you thought it was a curse at the time because obviously she knew best yes <laughs> she did know best <laughs> actually um but yeah you know it did it had such a huge impact on her as well because she you know would look after me when I would be off and you know so it would impact on her um but as I said my brother was just always amazing mm-hmm. so my brother was the complete opposite of me when he was younger Mm-hmm. He was the fittest person in the room. Mm-hmm. He, you know, could do anything. He was just so energetic, and so it was a real blow when he got MS. That oh, sure. was 
completely out of the blue. It felt, you know, I remember when he phoned me, um, I was I was on holiday at the time, or I was, yeah, I was, I was away. I was in sort of at a cottage. And I remember him phoning me to say that he got numb hands and he was like, what do I do? What is this? Oh. And I said, hey, you need to go to the doctor. That's not, that's not normal. Um, anyway, he didn't, <laughs> no, he didn't, but it got worse um, and it spread down his chest. Oh. Um, and so within about three months after MRI scans, he was diagnosed. So it really did feel like it just came out of nowhere yeah. with, with him. Because he was such a healthy person um, mm -hmm. in every respect. Right? Um, so he was always an incredibly supportive person, but now, you know, he's so empathetic, mm -hmm. you know, because he understands, you know, exactly what it's like. Right. Um, you know, he, he really does. Um, but my husband is just amazing, you know. He, I think, you know, he always knew that I wasn't particularly well <laughs> when he got together with me but um you know he's it was a big thing for him because during the pandemic when everyone went into lockdown mm -hmm. he was actually working in London so I you know I was living in Scotland he was traveling back and forth but obviously when lockdown happened you couldn't do that right so he had to make arrangements with his work Mm -hmm. for to work from home and so they you know initially were like yeah 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 we'll let you work from home um but the, he managed to basically continue that situation because what we found was and you'll understand yourself you know from the kind of medications that you have to take the immunosuppressants and all the sort of drama that goes with them and the infections and things was we were finding that due to obviously not sort of being around people catching things that I was actually not spending weeks at a time in hospital with infections and things like that. I wasn't catching much. Right. And um, so we just tried to keep it, you know, sort of a working from home sort of situation. And thankfully, his work were really, really understanding. Um, but it's difficult for him because, you know, it means he's a little bit more isolated. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't get to travel down as often. He does still go down for certain work events. But, you know, it is still, it's, you know, it does have a big impact on him. But... You know, he never lets me, he never complains. He's such a, he's such a darling, he never complains. <laughs> I'm so glad that you have a great support system because it's so important to have a great support um, system when you are going through, um, you know, diseases like ours, you know? Yeah. Is you, and you're, you're the same, you've got a great support system? I do. Um, my husband is wonderful. Um, I have my dad and my sister and um, I have lots of aunts and, um, you know, I have cousins and, um, friends. And so, I, I mean, I'm surrounded, my neighbors, I'm surrounded by so many good people and, you know, it, it makes a difference. It really does. Oh, completely. Yeah. And you, you know, you're right to mention friends, you know, I should never forget my friends because, you know, they are, they're so important. You just, you don't realize, do you? You forget just how incredibly understanding and important they are. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, if you can't sort of make an event or something, like my, some of my friends will do little care packages. Mm -hmm. And so they'll send you posts because one of the nicest things in the world is getting some nice posts. Oh, yes. You know, not a bail. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nice posts. So, yeah, they do sort of lovely little things like that, which is just really, makes you feel included as well, which is really sweet. It does. It, yeah. re it really does. What do you think 
is most important for our listeners that are battling the same diseases or similar diseases to know? Okay, well, I think uh, I think the most important for me is that mass exists, you know. So there is a name for having three or more autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more recognition that mass receives, then the more funding that there'll be available for into sort of much needed research. And it's really, you know, we are a rare bunch, you know, there isn't thankfully too many of us, but you know, I do fear that we're becoming a bit less rare because autoimmunity is on the rise, you know, um, right. it's certainly something we're seeing across the board. And um, so I think, you know, the more that people understand that you can have three or more autoimmune diseases, um, and there is a term for it, um, you know, you know and it not to not to be ashamed about it either because it's something that I felt quite ashamed by you know I felt quite stigmatized Mm -hmm. in a way you know the more diseases that I seem to accumulate the more sort of disbelieving looks that I was receiving Mm. you know in fact just recently um I remember going to the dentist and Mm -hmm. it was a new dentist and you know you go through your sort of health related profile with them and um and I think we got to maybe the fourth disease and she just sort of like looked up from her pen and just drew me a look as if to say really really that many wow <laughs> and I just and because of that I now take literally a letter from my dot my GP mm-hmm. to verify how many conditions I have because I, I've experienced this so many times and it, but it's just to let, you know, others know that, like, you know, we're rare, but we're not that rare. We do exist. Right. Um, so I think the most important thing is, I would say, is, like, educate yourself on your disease or your diseases. Just learn everything you possibly can. Join social media groups, um, because I really feel like I've learned more from other people in sort of our situation yeah. um, than I've ever learned from any doctor, you know, or any medical professional. And I think never give up on finding out is so important if you feel like there's something wrong you know your body better than anyone does and so even if you've got one disease and you know you're trying to attribute every symptom to that disease that you may have or diseases that you may have if you think there's something else going on you know don't give up looking for answers don't you know stop you know asking the question well why why have i got this because they're there very well may be something else at play um, and you do need to be able to find out what that is. So, you know, never be dismissed or, you know, sort of gaslighted into thinking that that's, that's not actually happening. That can't possibly be the case because you have this, this and this. So, you know, keep asking the question and, and you know, just believe in yourself. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really important. Absolutely. Um, Do you have anything else you want to share or add to today's segment? No, just uh, I think your your listeners have listened to me prattle on for long enough. uh, (laughs) Just, you know, just uh, I really hope that, you know, whoever may be listening that, you know, now that they know that mass is a thing that, you know, they can maybe learn a little bit about it. um, And if they recognize it in themselves or, you know, maybe they come to develop it in times that there is sort of, there is a group, you know, of us now out there, you know, please do join us because we are there and we're 
you know, we're all different. We're all all got different diseases, but you know, we do understand what it's like to 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 be there and to have sort of multiple autoimmune diseases. And you know, we're all there for each other, and that's the most important thing, I think. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much, Erica. It's just been absolutely fantastic to well, to be here. Well, Jen, you know, yeah. I'm so glad that you um, wanted to bring awareness to uh, multiple yeah. autoimmune syndrome. Um, it is so important that people out there know that that, like you said, it is a thing. Um, and I appreciate you so much for coming on here today with me and allowing me to interview you. Um, it's you're you're a joy to talk to. Um, oh, you really are. <laughs> it's been so wonderful just talking with you and connecting with you, con connecting with you. And I know that this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, if you That's out there true. have any questions or comments, please email me at the Silent Battle two zero two two at gmail com. And always remember, life is tough. But so are you. Everyone have a great rest of the day.